Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in. Uh, if you would, take your Bibles and let's go to the book of Acts. Acts chapter 4 to be exact. And what we see at the latter end of the chapter is this, in verse 32, Now the multitude of those who believed were of one heart and of one soul. Neither did anyone say that any of the things he possessed was his own, but they had all things in common. So what we see right here is that those who believed were giving things to other Christians uh, that they needed, not what they wanted. And they had all things in common. They wanted to make sure that everyone was well taken care of, and which is how we should be doing that today in the church too. Uh, I want us to look at a certain man, though, that is found at verse 35. 36. And Joseph, who was also named Barnabas by the apostles, which is translated son of encouragement, a Levite of the country of Cyprus, having land, sold it and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. Now, this is interesting right here. We have the introduction of a man that we know as Barnabas, which means son of encouragement. It was probably very encouraging to see the amount of land that he sold. And then he was like, hey, I don't need this. I sold all this so I can give to the Christians that do need it. Would that not just be an encouraging thing? That's like a huge lump sum of money. He says, "Here, here's for anyone who needs it. And sometimes, I don't know if we we even have that same mentality, but... uh. We should, because that's very encouraging. And notice his name was changed from Josie to, or Joseph to Barnabas, because that's what he was. He was an encouraging person. Uh, but if you're listening to this, this is actually not about Barnabas, but this is actually about the transition that we see in chapter, chapter 5. Notice at the end of verse 35, 37, and it said the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. But then when you get to chapter 5, the first word, at least in my new King James Version, says, but. But. So there's a transition right there. So let's read that. But a certain man named Ananias Sapphira, his wife, sold a possession, and he kept back part of the proceeds, his wife also being aware of it, and... Uh, brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. If we stop right there, we see that Ananias and Sapphira had uh, come up with something in their mind that they are going to deceive the apostles. They're going to sell their land, but they're going to say, yeah, this is, we sold all of our land and this is how much we got. And then they're going to keep back some for themselves. Understand, they were possessors of their own land. They could have sold how much they wanted to to give to the church. But what they were trying to do was to make themselves, uh, make themselves known. They were trying to show to other people, look at the good thing that we had done. And we sold all this land, all of it. And we're giving all the proceeds to you because we are so good. They're lying. And in verse 3, Peter knows this. 
But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and keep back part of the price of the land for yourself? While it remained, was it not your own? And after it was sold, was it not in your own control? Why have you conceived this thing in your heart? You have not lied to men, but to God. Then Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and breathed his last, so a great fear came upon all those who heard these things. If we continue on and we look at verse 6, now it's going to be talking about his wife. And the young men arose and wrapped him up and carried him out and buried him. Now it was about three hours later, his wife came in and not knowing what had happened, and Peter answered her, Tell me whether you sold the land for so so much. She said, Yes, for so much. Then Peter said to her, How is it that you have agreed together to test the Spirit of the Lord? Look, the feet of those who have buried your husband are at the door, and they will carry you out. Then immediately she fell down at his feet and breathed her last. And the young men came in and found her dead, and carrying her out, buried her by her husband. So great fear came upon all the church, and upon all who heard these things. On Wednesday night, we are doing our study on the book of Acts, and we've been actually on uh, Acts chapter 5. And we had a great study, and there were some great points that were, that were talked about, and there were some good discussions, and I just want to share some of those things. I think you'd be very blessed about some of the stuff that we talked about. Uh, I, I want to point out a few things. Uh, one, Ananias and Sapphira, they did not have the right heart for giving. They probably saw Barnabas or people like Barnabas, and they probably saw all the attention that they were getting. Well, those those men who were like Barnabas were getting the right attention because they were doing the right thing. But sometimes we can be kind of prideful and we want that same glory and honor that we go to a far extreme of doing what is wrong in order to get it. And that's what we have right here. We have Ananias and Sapphira. They had something planned in their mind that they were going to keep back part of their proceeds and they were going to say, hey, we sold all of our land and this is all we got, when in reality that's not the truth. They could have just sold so much or they could have sold all of it and still kept some of it and said, hey, we're giving, say, 50% of our proceeds to the church and we, we took the other 50% for ourselves. There's nothing wrong with that. That still would have been generous and from the heart. And when it comes to our giving, I want you to think about this, our giving. You know, in 2 Corinthians, uh, we read this verse all the time before we, we give on Sunday morning. And it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, in verse 6, but this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he prospers in his heart. Also, Paul says, not grudgingly. 
not to do it in a grudging manner. Any. Or of necessity. The person should feel like, well, I should not have to. Oh, oh, it's time to give. I have to just go give. No, it's something that you plan out and that you want to do. For God loves a cheerful giver. Here's another thing I want to uh, bring up to you. If we make a promise, if we make a promise that we are going to do such and such for the Lord, we need to fulfill that promise. God has always made promises with man, and he has always been faithful to it. Guess what? We need to do the same. And what we see right here is, if they would have done what they would have said, or what they have said, we wouldn't have this problem. If they would have sold all their land, and then said, hey, this is truly all the proceeds from the land that we are giving to the church, they, they wouldn't have died. And someone in class brought up a good verse, and it was in Ecclesiastes uh, chapter 5. And it's Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verse 4. When you make a vow to God, do not delay to pay it, for he has no pleasure in fools. Pay what you have vowed. Better not to vow than to vow and not pay. What true words. If we make a promise to God that we are going to do something, we need to fulfill that promise because God has been faithful to us. Lastly, what I want to say is that this was an example to the church. This is the result of sin, that there is death. Uh, we see in verse 11 of chapter 5 of Acts, So great fear came upon all the church and upon all, and all who heard these things. They were an example. They were an example of the sin that they had committed when they had lied to God. And this reminds me of another story that we see in the Old Testament of Nahab and Abihu. And we look at Leviticus chapter 10. It says, Then Nahab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, each took his censer and put fire in it, put incense on it, and offered profane fire before the Lord, which he had not commanded them. So fire went out from the Lord and devoured them, and they died before the Lord. And Moses said to Aaron, This is what the Lord spoke, saying, By those who come near me, I must be regarded as holy, and before all the people I must be glorified. So Aaron held his peace. So as Christians, we are standing before God. When we offer up our worship and our praise to him and our just our daily living, we need to be living in a holy manner because God is holy. Be ye holy for I am holy. And I think it's really interesting what we see in verse 3. It says that so Aaron held his peace. He understood. He understood the glory of God and how we must be holy and live holy. And if you actually go down to verse 6, uh, in verse 6 it says, And Moses said to Aaron and to Eleazar and Ithamar, 
his sons, Do not uncover your heads, nor tear your clothes, lest you die, and wrath come upon all on all the people. But let your brethren, the whole house of Israel, be well the burning which the Lord has kindled. So just think about that. When you see someone who has committed a sin and they're being punished for it, we, we should not have an attitude that's not fair. That's not fair. And matter of fact is God is always fair because God is always just. And so if we see that there is punishment for sin, we should think, be thinking in the back of our minds, this was God's will, and God must be viewed as being holy. Now, I need to, I need to say this real quick, because uh, someone may be listening and think, well, if I sin, does this mean I am immediately going to be struck dead like Nahab and Abihu or Ananias and Sapphira? And, uh, man, I, I, don't, I don't think so. But I want you to think about this, that there is a spiritual death, of course. But even though, even though that we are members of the body of Christ, if we go on sinning, we are building ourselves up wrath at the day of judgment. Romans chapter 2 tells us that. Or do you despise the riches of his goodness? forbearance and long-suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance. That's chapter 2, verse 4. So we should be able to see the goodness of God and what He has done for us, and it should help us to live that repentant life where we change from our past sins and not go back to them. In verse 5, though, it says this, But in accordance with your hardness and your impenitent heart, you are treasuring up for yourself wrath in the day of wrath, and revelation of the righteous judgment of God, who will render to each one according to his deeds. What this means is that we need to be living as a holy sacrifice that's acceptable to God. We need to be looking at the goodness of God and what he has done in our lives, but also in the lives of other, others, and we need to be living a repentant lifestyle daily for him, not going back to the ways of sin. And no, we may not die physically immediately like, immediately like what they did, but we are going to have judgment on the deeds that we have done after we have lived on this earth. Well, there you go. There's a couple things from Acts chapter 5 right there that we talked about. Uh, if there's other stuff that I didn't get to talk about but you want to share, go ahead put it in the comment section. Uh, I'll gladly look at those. I'll gladly read, read them um, as well. We want you to continue to like and sub subscribe to the channel. Also, keep on listening on Spotify and iTunes. And if there's someone out there who is trying to study, trying to know more about the Bible, uh, send, them, send them some of this information. Maybe they can greatly benefit from it. Of course, they can benefit from it because it's from the Word of God. But uh, do your part as well in sharing the gospel. Sit down with that person have a Bible study with that person, and let them know the love of God. All right, see you next time.